Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Have you ever felt like you've tried everything to heal from the pain of sexual abuse, and yet nothing seems to really be helping? Well, one of the reasons why most people struggle to break free from the pain of past child abuse is because the techniques out there are positioned as a one-size-fits-all answer. What I want you to know is that there are actually three distinct phases on the path to recovery, and I'd love to share with you about these phases what issues you must resolve to move to the next phase, and what kinds of support you'll need in order to move forward as quickly and completely as possible. The road to recovery is much easier when you know what stage you're in and what to do next. So don't hesitate. Go to www.rachelgrantcoaching.com checklist and get your nine-page guide today. Now, on to our show. Welcome, everyone, to Beyond Surviving, the safe space for survivors of childhood sexual abuse to receive support, resources, and share their stories. Beyond Surviving is about freedom, healing, connection, and even laughter and fun. Most importantly, it's about letting go of the pain of abuse and finally moving on. I'm Rachel Grant, and for those of you who don't yet know me, I've been a sexual abuse recovery coach since 2007, and I'm the author of Beyond Surviving, The Final Stage of Recovery from Sexual Abuse. You can learn more about me and the Beyond Surviving program at rachelgrantcoaching.com. Now, for those of you who are listening today, I really encourage you to stop everything else that you're doing and listen in. Tune in to our guest today, Dee Williams. 
this is a powerhouse woman. This is a world changer. And this is someone who we have to stop and listen and really take in everything that she has to say. You don't want to miss any little bit of this. She's going to be here today talking with us about how to live with no excuses, how to live audaciously, and much, much more. Now, I have to tell you that I first came across Dee um, when she sent me a link to her documentary, Individual Audacity, and I gobbled that up, man. Most of the time when I get these sorts of things, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> be quite honest and I'm like okay I'm gonna worship, watch the first five minutes and see you know if it's any man as soon, minute number one I was in I was like who is this woman I need to know about her I need to understand her life and I immediately reached out and I've come to know Dee over these past couple of months and I've just fallen in love with her and count her as a dear friend and colleague already and one of the things that I so appreciate about Dee is that she has just, you know, been a fighter in life, in business. She has overcome childhood sexual abuse from the age of eight through being a preteen mom at the ages of 11 and 15, living on welfare in Baltimore at 16, becoming a 10th grade high school dropout. But you would never know any of that until she tells you her story because she has gone on to create a, a successful business, a powerful life. And um, really, it's, uh, she describes it as you know, her victorious path to achievement. And when we talk about here in Beyond Surviving about taking the pain and the trauma that we've experienced, and transforming it so that we can live powerfully, Dee is a great example of this. So there are so many things that Dee is up to in her life, and she is going to be sharing about that in our conversation today. But I want you to just know that she really is on a mission to move unconventional leaders into the center of their zone of influence so that we can use hardships to fuel um, as fuel to empower, inspire, overcome, create, and transform. So Dee, welcome lady. I am so stoked to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. That was the first thing I wanted to say. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is definitely so freaking cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Right on. So tell me a little bit um, about individual audacity. Yeah, individual audacity is, it's a verb, it's a noun, <laughs> it's an adjective, it's literally that it's the grit that you have inside of you that you really don't realize is, is floating there. Most people don't even realize they have this superhuman power on the inside that will allow them to really overcome, accomplish, and achieve the, the unthinkable. And individual audacity is something that I learned when I was super young. I was probably about five or six, really, when I first started to understand that there was something that I had on the inside, right? Because, mm -hmm. we, you know, we start to grow up and we see everything on the outside, you know, our hair, our eyes, our friends are talking about mm -hmm. what, who's taller than who, and who has the biggest feet or what have you, but I knew very early on that it was something else. There was another part of me that was living and breathing and existing. And then mm -hmm. I actually had the opportunity to start using it um, when, when I turned eight in real life. And, and unfortunately, it was at a time when something 
crazy was happening, you know, when, and you talked about it and that was the first experience that I had where I was sexually abused. And, um, and it was just a, such a, I don't know, can I dive into it now? Yeah, let's go there. Yeah. So, um, for, for everyone that's listening, I know, um, you know, sometimes when you think about what you've experienced, it's like the most um, horrific situation and it is. But it's not as horrific when you're experiencing something and you're, and for me, I was, I guess, completely ob- oblivious to mm. everything, right? Mm. I was in a safe space, you know, um, my mom sent me to a babysitter and I went there every day, you know, that's where my brother and I went. She watched us while my mom worked. And um, one day she went, said she was going out for something and um, ended up her, her 21 year old son um, ended up, you know, taking my innocence on that day. And I had no clue, um, you know, how to even process what was going on. How do I tell my mom? And, um, even after I told my mom and we went to the hospital, we went to the police, it was almost like, um, she blocked it out, I guess. Mm -hmm. So it was something that I was kind of dealing with on my own. And that's when my individual audacity had to really kick in because you have to have to start thinking about um, choices. And for me, choices at a very young age, right? What mm-hmm. does safety mean to me? Right. What does safety mean to me? Do I, and is that, and how important is that to me? And so it, it this became something that um, I actually lived with for, you know, many years of my life. The sexual abuse, it became a running theme in different situations in my life. I got a job when I was 15 and my boss did the same thing. And then, you know, I was actually um, sexually abused by a police officer when I was 19. And I just noticed just like over time that that I had something going on. I don't know if it was with me or if I was attracting it at the time, but mm. it was a running theme. And so yeah. I really had to figure out how to cope and not be angry, not want to kill myself. <laughs> right. Ooh, right. <laughs> not like, you know. And, and I think those were the two bigger things that I was thinking, not just give up. That was the bigger right. thing too. Because when you're, when things are being thrown at you so much, like so massively, your first thing is like, why me? I want to give up. So I had to learn individual audacity at a young age. And I didn't even mention I had two kids in the middle of all of that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and that. (laughs) Yes. And that, right? So I became a teen mom at the age of 11. I was pregnant at 11, teen mom at 12 in that situation. Um, and then had another child when I was 15, actually lived on my own, had my first apartment when I was 16 years old. What were wow. you doing when you were 16? Mm. I don't know what you were doing, but I, have, I was playing volleyball. Nils. I was doing a lot of volleyball. <laughs> I was playing news. Like, yeah. Um, so yeah. when, you're, when you're living in a life where everything is about survival, right? right. You have to figure out how to love yourself. You've got to figure out how to trust yourself. You've got to open yourself up to trust people when everyone is hurting you. Everyone is hurting mm. you, but you still have to have enough something, faith, uh, uh, knowledge, maturity, um, 
audacity to mm-hmm. believe that there are still good people out there that yeah. are there to support you. You know, you, you have to tap into something greater than yourself in order to be able to get through that and still smile in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get fired up about life, you mm-hmm. know, and, mm-hmm. and that's what I learned how to do. And that's when I tapped into my individual audacity. So I have the story. People come to me all the time, Rachel, and they're like, but D, you don't understand. That's right. Oh, <laughs> let me tell you mine. Yes. Let me tell you why. Yeah. I sit back and wait and I listen and then I say, okay, we have a similar story. So what sets me apart from you? What Mm -hmm. makes me different from you? Right. And so then now we can start to have the conversation and that's where I get really fired up, Rachel. That is where I get fired up because (laughs) this is where you have the opportunity to really show someone that you have the individual audacity to actually overcome these challenges, to actually take these experiences that you have experienced and to really transform them into something that will not only impact your life, but other people's lives as well. I'm sorry. I know I'm going mm-hmm. off today. Fired up. <laughs> you are so amazing. Cause I literally was like, I really hope I don't say more than like three words in this whole podcast. <laughs> I just let you go because you have got such passion for healing, for people, for purpose, and you have really a lot of wisdom to share with us. What I will offer just from what you shared there, Dee, I'm really, really connected to and present to the part that we all have inside of us that we might disconnect from, you know, at times and life can certainly do its very best to beat it out of us. But that boldness, like it takes a certain amount of boldness to say, yeah, all of this shit has happened to me. And you know what? I'm moving on. I'm doing this. I'm going to be better. I'm going to live my life. I'm not going to let it hold me back. And I think, A lot of what I love about the work that you do is about helping people remember their courage and remember that they have that boldness inside of them and they, how do you tap into that? And uh, so, you know, when you talk about discovering this part of yourself, it sounds like it was a very natural process. Um, and it also sounds like there were times where that was very greatly challenged and you had to keep coming back and you had to keep coming back. And one of the words that I really also heard in what you just shared there was choice. Can you talk with us a little bit about that journey for you of connecting into choice really that powerfully where whatever life was throwing you, whatever circumstances were there in front of you, how did you, even in times of despair or depression or sadness, what was your process of coming out of that and back into your power? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. And, and the process is really simple. So simple from a thought perspective, but from a do perspective, not so simple. Mm-hmm. So I'll be, I'm going to keep it so real with you. The hardest thing to do is to, um, to be in a really crappy situation or to feel really crappy and then all of a sudden say, you know, forget it. Um, I'm going to feel differently or, you know, things are going to be different. And people say that's easy. That's not easy because naturally you're feeling down, you're feeling angry or hurt or defeated. Um, So it really is a process. The process really is about 
choice. It really does come down to choice. It, it, it's you sitting down talking to yourself. Mm-hmm. It's you sitting down negotiating with yourself. It's mm-hmm. you sitting down clarifying your desires with yourself. It's you sitting down um, reminding yourself. It's you sitting down sometimes beating yourself up, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. that's fair. Don't let anybody yeah. tell you you shouldn't do that. Because sometimes you have to say, you know what? You screwed up. Get your shit together. Yes. <laughs> you here? Yes. We're yes. back here again, D. Williams, really. Mm-hmm. That's my conversation with me, right? <laughs> back here again, huh? We're yeah. still here, right? So sometimes, so that, that process of choice is really about conversation. It's mm-hmm. about conversation, but it's about conversation with you, with mm-hmm. you. It's conversation with the God in you. Now, I took it a step further. Some people are not going to like hey, that. Hey, that's all right. <laughs> So, and, and that's a hard conversation to have. And sometimes really it's the hardest conversation to have. So, so and, and I'm just going to give you a, a quick tip because mm-hmm. I've learned um, this tip. This is, has really helped me with this. Converse with yourself in the mirror. It's yes. easier to converse with yourself in the mirror than it is to just converse with yourself um, because you have to face yourself. Right, right. And it's hard to face yourself when you're not feeling good about you. Yeah. And so it's something really profound about having a conversation with you in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And I typically take pen and paper. So that's a whole nother story. We can talk about that. You asked about process. Those are some tips around my process. Like but um, you really got to get down and ask yourself questions. So once you start to define like, okay, um, what's my real goal? So yeah, I screwed up or yeah, I'm in this situation. Um, what do I want? What do I desire? Now, that's really the hardest question because the natural feeling is I want to feel happy. But what, mm-hmm. And that's great because I feel bad. I want to feel happy or I, I'm in this situation. I want to get out. But what does that look like exactly? You have to know exactly right. what you want. Then once you know what you want, you actually have to visualize it. And I know that sounds kind of cliche, but that's so real. Mm-hmm. And like in your mind, you just have to be able to see whatever you want your outcome to be. And that's the inside work that has to be done. And, and it works. Once you get that, then it's a secret piece that nobody really talks about. And that's where I come in with the individual audacity as well. You've got to make a choice that you're going to get fired up about it. Now, that's hard. <laughs> because now you're telling me, D. Williams, I got to get excited about feeling when I'm feeling crappy. You just said that was hard. Well, yes. Because you're not getting excited about where you are now or where you uh-huh. were experiencing. That's not the case. What you're getting excited about is the choice that you made that you're going to do something differently, that you're going to choose a different option or you're going to create an option. You're getting excited about what you have decided that you desire and you're getting excited about the idea that you know that this is about to happen. Nice. And so now you're in this a different space. Now you've shifted your energy from, oh, woe is me, Oh, this happened to me. Oh, but D, you don't understand to, okay, I know where I'm going. I got a mission. I got a per. I'm about to make this thing go down. <laughs> Hello. And you're going to get fired up about it. I'm going to make this thing happen. And that energy that you put around what you have created is mm. the individual audacity that's going to drive you to a six, seven figure income 
to meet people you've never imagined you need, mm-hmm. to living the way that you want, to driving what you want, to eating too much of what you want, <laughs> i.e., I know I got the shirt, hello. <laughs> you know, it's really going to propel. And really the bigger thing is that you're going to get addicted to being fired up. Mm-hmm. And when you're addicted to being fired up, what happens is people become attracted to you. And so all the work that you think you've got to do to achieve the goals that you want to achieve, it doesn't become work anymore because the energy that you're creating within will draw everything that you want and desire and need to you and almost instantaneously, instantaneously. So you got to be careful with this special power. (laughs) (laughs) Boom, it's there. You're like, oh shit, what am I doing with this now, right? I thought it was going to be a couple of years. I had time. (laughs) Nope. It's right there. Yes. So that's some serious truth you're speaking right there. I think, you know, we've lost touch with how powerful we actually really are because abuse is so disempowering. And it can really leave us in this mindset of woe is me and all these things keep happening. And, you know, I think when we look at, you know, when I'm working with my clients, I'm constantly compassionately challenging them. Right. Because it is like, yes. And because most of us, I remember one time in my life, I was throwing a temper tantrum and I mean a literal temper tantrum. I was like down on the floor, kicking, screaming. I was probably 23 years old at that time, (laughs) throwing this temper tantrum. And my partner at the time looked at me and said, look, I understand that you went through this trauma. I understand you had the abuse, but you do not get to keep using that as an excuse to act this way and ooh, I was pissed I was like you don't understand you don't understand what it's like yeah but you know what that has always been one of those little nudges that I absolutely needed even though I didn't give him the gratification of knowing it helped me (laughs) it actually really did and I think when we let's talk about that a little bit more what do we actually mean when we're talking about living with no excuses. This isn't about blaming or shaming or making people bad or wrong, um, but it is about calling people, I think, to a level of living and a level of empowerment and being that we know is really there for them, but this abuse and trauma keeps trying to convince them it's not. So what do you mean when you say live with no excuses? It means accountability right? It means, and that's a hard word to take, and it can be taken in so many ways. Hmm. Some people can say, but I was sexually abused. Why do you want me to be held accountable for that? I'm not asking you to be held accountable for what happened to you. I'm asking for you to be accountable for how you feel in Mm -hmm. this moment in time, how you feel, what you think, and what you plan to do with what you feel and think. Yeah. That's the accountability that you have to, that, that, that is associated with no more excuses. Mm-hmm. And that, that becomes power. You're right. That becomes power because now you can take charge of that. You can take control of that and you can say, okay, I can admit this is what happened to me. And yeah. you know what? Um, now what do I do with it? Yeah. Yeah. Now and, and now you go back to that choice again, right? But now you're holding yourself accountable for where you're going to go in the future. You're holding yourself accountable for how you're going to wake up in the morning. You're holding yourself accountable for how you're going to interact with everyone you come in contact with throughout the course of the day. You're holding yeah. yourself accountable for your happiness. Mm. And the thing is, is that those 
those excuses, they, they, they relinquish that accountability. Yeah. They yeah. say that, oh, now I can hold the, the abuser accountable for, you know, for, right. and, 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 and you can hold them accountable for only for a, a certain percentage, only a certain right. amount. You right. gotta bring it back in. At some point, that, it's your life, it's right? Your life. Yeah. And that moment in time is just that. Yeah. It yeah. Is that moment in time, you're not experiencing that every second of the day, every day, every day, every day. And if you are, you still have a choice to hold yourself accountable and say, "How can I get out of this situation?" Yeah, I think that's really critical. And for me, while I would, I, looking, it's a, in retrospect that I see that this is what happened. What I started to hold myself accountable for was because I did feel very disempowered. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to take care of myself. I don't know how to trust. I don't, but what I started to hold myself accountable to was figuring it out. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to get the support, right? I'm going to get, I'm going to get, counseling or I'm going to read some books or I'm going to learn some skills and tools. So for some of you who are listening, who might feel very confronted by this conversation, I hope so, because mostly what we're attempting is here is to fire you up, right? To inspire you to take action. And so if you already have the skills and the tools and you're not doing it, then your job is to do it. But if you don't have the skills and the tools for how to set boundaries, for how to regulate your nervous system so you can get out of that freeze state, which will help you in being more motivated and fired up, then that's where your accountability is. Get the support you need, have the conversations you need, access resources. There are so many free resources available these days. Back in the day when I was doing this work and healing work, this is not the case, right? So there's such a plethora of opportunity for support um, that there, in other words, there really is no excuse <laughs> because there's so many ways that we can heal and resources that we can tap into. Dee, you, go ahead. You want to say something there? I just want to say healing and, and healing is about conversation too. Yeah. Not necessarily having the conversation of living the ordeal out over and over again verbally. But having the conversation of how do I transcend from this, this traumatic experience that has happened to me. And that, to me, is a major part of healing. I just wanted to throw that in Thank there. This, yeah. this is a very, I'm a very no-nonsense kind of coach, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. And, um, and so I come across sometimes pretty uh, brute to some people who <laughs> hold themselves to be a little more sensitive. But like... Like Rachel said, I want you to to tap into that that energy you have on the inside that's literally telling you in the back of your mind, she's right, I can get past this, you know. And the yeah. last thing I want to say to what you just said, Rachel, it's also mm -hmm. something that you've got to want to do. Not something that you want that you say you want to do, but it yeah. has to be you have to genuinely be in a position where you feel like enough is enough. I have to move on past this. And, and you know that you're getting there right when you're ready to impact somebody else based on what you've mm, and you're yeah. ready to Turn it into a mission. Turn it into a movement. Turn it into a business. Turn it into um, a, a, a career opportunity for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry. I, sorry. That's good. That, and that actually, that takes us right to what I wanted to ask you next, which was this idea of personal mission, because I know that that's something that you work on with your clients and that's really important to you. 
where does that come into play? What is a personal mission and how does that play a part in everything that we've been talking about so far? Yeah, so a personal mission, so this is the deal. How I even came up with it is is going through the sexual abuse, going through the traumatic childhood. And it's like, what do you do with that stuff um, you, you know, as you're carrying it around with you? So I'm meeting people, hey, Rachel, and in the back of my mind, yes, but I'm a sexual of this, I'm a that, you know? So how do you deal with that? And so one of the things that we have learned and what's been super successful for um, people who have experienced experienced traumas in their past, major obstacles, is taking that, turning your story. First of all, acknowledging your story. Let's get it in a book. Let's get it on a podcast. Let's, let's uh, a, a YouTube channel. Um, let's just write it out in a journal, however you want to do it. Let's, let's acknowledge it first. Then let's help someone else. How can we take that energy and help someone else? And Rachel is doing it through, I mean, an amazing way. This is why I'm so close to her, like glue, right? Because I see all of the amazing things that she's doing with these survivors, and you see me doing it, and you saw how Oprah did it even, right? Right. Oprah did it. So, like, you see how Jada Pinkett says, so everybody has their own, they're creating these personal missions, and you've got to figure out how you're going to create yours. And they come in many different colors, many different <laughs> flavors, many different sizes, many different ideas. It's your personal mission, your personal movement. And the idea is that so that the next person doesn't have to experience what, you're, what you have experienced. So they don't have to experience the sexual abuse. And if they do, they have an outlet. You're providing that outlet for them, whether it's something you do nonprofit, whether it's something you do for profit, whether it's something you do for fun, whether, mm -hmm. you know, it has to be something that you're putting your sweat, tears, heart, soul, energy, and fire mm -hmm. into to impact society in a different way so yeah. that you can be a part of this mission and movement to move society forward. I love that. Yeah. And I, I think a really beautiful thing about what you're saying there is your trauma doesn't have to be your mission. It yes. happens to be for me, right, that the sexual abuse, and I didn't even think it was going to be, right? I planned to be a teacher, so there you go. Sometimes missions come and snatch you, and you have, <laughs> you have no say about it. Um, but your mission, even though you've experienced trauma, your personal mission doesn't necessarily have to be about changing things in this arena. But it is about tapping into something that matters and that you care about that is about the greater good. That is not just about you and your own healing and your own process, getting a That's little exactly outside right. of yourself. Okay. Yes, it can be anything. That's why I say it comes in many colors, flavors, sizes, yeah. shapes, <laughs> forms, ideas. It just has to be something that you're passionate about or yeah. that you feel like is really going to take society and move it forward. We have more control over how this society functions, then we give ourselves credit for mm, agreed. But we don't really tap into that individual audacity and enough of us aren't creating personal missions that will allow society to evolve at the pace that we should. That's a whole different topic though, Rachel. You know I get fired up. Well, <laughs> I know this really needs to be like a three hour podcast um, <laughs> for us to cover everything. And that, so does that play a little bit into this idea of zone of influence? Is, yes. Are these two things related? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because when you, so that passion that you have, that fire that you have, and that personal mission, you put those together, then you're in your zone. Right now, guess who's in their zone? Me. Mm -hmm. I, got this 
I'm in my zone. <laughs> <laughs> I am in my zone. I got sweat dripping down. I'm over here. Oh. Here. Like, my heart is pounding with full joy at the most ultimate level. I'm yeah. in my zone of influence fearlessly. Mm. Right? Somebody could be laughing at me right now, but I'm fearlessly in yeah. my zone of influence. And let me tell you, you like it, Rachel. And I mm. guarantee you, you're listening. Mm-hmm. You like it too. You want, you're going to want more when this right. podcast is over. That's and right. so imagine if you have someone else who's like that, 10, 15 people like that, maybe not as fired up as I am. I'm, I'm at the internal <laughs> ultimate level. <okay? laughs> I'm not saying you gotta, your flame got to be as high as mine. But imagine if you were able to function in a world where 90% of the people you came in contact with were passionate and fired up about something. Can you imagine what we would be able to achieve as a society, as a community, as yeah. a people? Like, it's, it's, you can't even imagine, I don't think, yeah. right? Yeah, all working it's a little mind-boggling. But we, this is where we're going. Yeah. This is where we're going. And I'm telling you, I'm starting this conversation. I yes. just didn't start it. Okay, go ahead. No, I'm just, you know, uh, what's really uh, hitting me when you share that, I get a little emotional about it because, Dee, I think about how underlying so much of the work that I'm doing is about getting trauma out of the way so that people can do the marvelous, magical, wonderful, amazing, influential things that they are meant to do. And our society is so hurt and is so broken because of unresolved trauma. And the more we heal the individuals and we help them tap into their audacity instead of their trauma, their power instead of their pain, man, you're so right about it. We get to change the world. And that's, you know, everything. That's everything. That's everything. And I think we need to start thinking that way. Like, we don't mm-hmm. think that way. We don't think, how do we change the world? Most people, when I say, I'm up, I'm fighting. Somebody asked me this morning, Dee, how you feeling today? I said, I'm up, I'm fired up, and ready to impact the world in a positive way. <laughs> and they're like, the whole world? Yes. And they said, why not? That's a little... Uh, ambitious and I said I'm an ambitious woman mm-hmm. and if you want to impact the whole world I said the, every single being in the entire planet and you know you start thinking about that what if everyone woke up like that my god right everyone on a mission to inspire to impact to see the world like, it's just a beautiful yeah One thing that I've really gotten excited about lately in my work is I've been doing this for 12 years now. So I'm starting to have graduates of my program who graduated like 12 years ago coming back around and sharing with like where they are in their lives. And here are the kids that I now have. Here's the business that I'm now running and the clients that I now have and all these sorts of things. And so when I think about influencing and impacting the world, I can still imagine it as the one person who's in front of me right now, because if I can influence and impact that one person, then they're going to go and influence and impact that person. And then that person, and then that person. So we, in that way, that trickle down effect, we can have very big impact, even if we're still working just directly with one person just at a moment, moment you know, yeah, at a bus stop. Hey, right. Like that's it. So man, like those little moments in our day to day, 
are actually super, super critical. The way, the moments when we take time to, I think, pause and see each other, Mandy, okay, we're going to just go, go places in this conversation. I want to hear your thoughts on this because something that's really been on my mind lately is how freaking afraid we all are of each other. Why are we so afraid of you? Like I go on my morning walks and I say, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. And I would say like one out of 10, I get a reply back <laughs> and everybody else is startled. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and like where, how do we conquer this? How do we start to shift our experience of ourselves and other people to remember that like we're all in this together. This is not me against you. This is not us against them. What do you think so about first that? Of all, so, first of all, I actually think we need to watch less TV. I know that sounds terrible. Okay. <laughs> but why? I feel like the, we are very programmed by the things that we see. Mm -hmm. And if you realize what you're watching, you know, many of you may be watching wonderful things all day, but I know uh, before I removed the TV from my home in tw January 2015 is when I turned the cable off. Mm. And uh, we have one TV in the entire house and we watch uh, anime. <laughs> <laughs> right on. <laughs> but um, I, I noticed that even how things shifted in my life, when you're constantly watching this picture and hearing this audio of, um, if, if you're a news watcher, all the negative things that are happening, mm. the bombings, the killings, the, and I say we shouldn't be aware, but when you're digesting so much of that into your existence, your energy all day, every day, when yeah. you walk out the door, of course you're going to be nervous. Yeah, right. This person's dangerous. That person's dangerous. That good person gonna hurt me. Is that person gonna bomb something? Yeah. You don't know what the, you're. You're automatically, and then of course you're also getting the opinions of other people. You know that you're listening to and watching in your mind too. So someone who may look a certain way, who's the sweetest person on the earth, right? Mm. Because they look a certain way. You've been watching TV, and they had these opinions. And whether you agree with their opinions or not, because you took that in, now you're seeing this person, you're like, I'm not going to, she's got red hair. I, I heard about redheads. I knew redheads too. <laughs> What'd you hear? What'd you hear? <laughs> it's all true. It's all true. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. And so now I'm not waving at her. She better not wave at me. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. And so now yeah. you're in this space. So, and I, and I think that's one of the reasons why it's so easy for me to be fired up because I don't intake that. Yeah, right. So right. You don't have life. that negative impact and influence yeah. pulling so that energy out of you. Like, what a beautiful soul. Hey, lady, yeah. what you got going on? Right. What you doing for the world today? Right. But you've got you've to gotta kind of mind what you're taking in. And, and again, mm. that's not to say don't watch TV, but what are you watching? Pay attention. And, and how yeah. is it affecting your energy internally? And, yeah. and, you know, and that's the stuff that's important. Yeah, and I think that that goes um, for uh, so many things, right? Music, your own internal thought. What is the newscaster inside your head saying, right? Like, mm -hmm. Listen, music is the biggest piece, in my opinion, because mm -hmm. repetition is yes. the mother of all learning. Yes. So I'm going to share this with you. This is a real story. So when, oh, my daughter's 16 now. Um, oh my, maybe I can't share the whole story. So um, after her graduation, my ex-husband and I were in the car and a song came on the radio. So we don't listen to, we're like, we're, 
like I said, I've kind of cleansed my house of, of that. I want us to really wake up feeling good. And, and I feel like that's the key to starting your mm -hmm. day off right. And so my ex-husband came and he's listening to a song. And the song was called Percocet. So mm -hmm. I've never heard this song before. But the whole repetition was Molly Percocet. It was stated over and over and over and over again. So the last time I heard of, I was at the hospital after surgery and was prescribed this, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, what are, why are we singing a song about prescription pills, yeah, drugs, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And so he's like jamming to it. <laughs> Percocet, Percocet, right? And I'm kind of sitting there looking to the side like, are we serious? Is this mm -hmm. where we are today? So mm -hmm. my daughter's in the back and I happened to glance and I noticed her bopping her head. Mm -hmm. Oh, so you know, now I was like, yeah, no, that's not about not to Not having that. that, right. And so we had the conversation and he was highly offended, just FYI, mm -hmm. uh, and didn't really understand why I was upset and I made him change the channel. And what I explained to him is that everything lives on a frequency. You yes, yes. And so when you're intaking this over and over again, and you know, my daughter's 16, her generation is super suicidal. You know, right. they, they're always like, oh, I just killed myself now. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like what? But mm -hmm. they're listening to this music where they're talking about killing themselves. Right. So, you know, and that's the trend. So we have to be careful with the music that we listen to, the mm -hmm. TV that we watch. We have to really be energy snobs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love that D. Yeah, yeah. Energy snob. If somebody is around you and their energy is not good, you don't have to be disrespectful. Mm. But be snobby enough to say, "All right, love, you have a good day today." Right. Preserve <laughs> your energy. Yes. You energy snob, right? Yes, that's See? right. That's how it's fun. Mm, that's really, really powerful and good advice. It's about being a steward of the things that you take in, whether that's external or whether it's internal, and really recognizing that your energy absolutely is impacted. I mean, there's so many things, your nervous system, the actual neurons in your brain, your literal cells are impacted by music and vibration and energy and whether it's positive, negative. So we have a lot to do there. Um, talk about power of influence. Like this is a different type of influence and we want to be mindful of that and pay attention to what we're doing there. Definitely. Dee, I really don't want to go, but we probably should. <laughs> so do you have any final words of encouragement or just anything that you really want people to know as we start to wrap up today? Yeah, I want you to know, first of all, wherever you are, you're not the only person. First of all, you're not in this alone. Um, the second thing is you have options, right? So like, don't give up. You have options, no matter how you feel or what you're thinking or what you've been through. I promise you, mm -hmm. you have options. So whatever you desire for your to feel, to be, to see, to experience, it's all really there for you with the power of your choice. So once you make that choice, D, you're right. You're 100% right, D. I have the power. I have the choice. This is where I desire to be. I'm going to be here. Y'all can follow me. Can I tell them where they can follow me? Oh, yes, please tell them all the things yes. they need to do to follow you and get connected with you. <laughs> Come on and I get you fired up, okay? And get you excited and help you bring your mission, help you create a mission and bring your mission to life. So you can follow me at my name, actually, it's dee-williams.com. -E -E 
Com, and um, I, everything you can think of um, as far as follow me is there. We have a tour coming up, the Individual Audacity Mo Plan Do Tour. Um, so we don't have a link for it just yet, Rachel, but she'll have it for you when this goes live. Yeah, be sure to share it. Um, but it'll also be on the D. Williams website. I'm on Instagram, your D. Williams, Y-O-U-R-D-E-E Williams. I'm on YouTube. I am on Facebook, your D. Williams. So you can follow me just about everywhere. And listen, message me on Facebook and say, D, this is where I am. Message me on Instagram. And um, I promise you, between me and Rachel, we'll get you together. I'm just yeah. <laughs> We'll get you sorted <laughs> one way or another. Oh, my gosh. Dee, I love you so much. And I thank you. We're so blessed um, that you exist and are here in the world doing what you're doing, that you've taken some really hard days and turned them into brilliance and light and uh, influence and I can't wait to meet you in person and to come hang out with you at your tour and help you and support you in that so I know we'll continue the conversation as sisters and keep going in our journey and our uh, collaborations as well thank you so much for your blessed time today and for those of you who are listening, we thank you for listening and tuning in. And um, this is a moment of choosing, you know, when you choose to listen to these podcasts as a place of inspiration and hope and learning, that's you making a choice for your healing. So I just want to acknowledge that and celebrate you in that. And also want to encourage you to pop on over to rachelgrantcoaching.com to learn more about sexual abuse recovery coaching and check out the other resources that are there. Be sure to connect with the follow her, check out all of her resources, subscribe to the podcast and come back and join us next time because we have so much more to share. And until then, take really good care of you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.